0: Welcome back to the Midlife Crisis Task Force Podcast. I'm Nate. I'm Pat. I'm Chris, and tonight is a special episode. We welcome back our good friend David Lennon Hawk. Hello, Yay. everybody! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and the reason we're here is we're we're going to tell you about a little adventure David and I had a few days ago. <laughs> uh, we went to our local Alamo Draft House and we saw Neil Breen's new film, Kate the Tortured Crossing. And title spelled like,
1: out with uh, unusual capitalizations and non-capitalizations
0: yeah, for, for, s- some <laughs> for some reason. For some reason, he didn't capitalize Tortured Crossing. It was like, Cade was capitalized and V was capitalized. It was, that, that was just a harbinger of what was to come. <laughs> um, as I told David after it was over with, I honestly say I've never seen anything like that before.
2: Nice.
1: It's very weird to yeah. see a movie of that low quality on the big screen. It's,
0: uh, <laughs> it is, it really is. Uh, cause he like,
3: okay, quick, quick question. Uh, yeah. was it, was it really that the film itself was low quality? Like absolutely shitty shot on video and like coat hangers and wires in the background. Or are we talking the film itself was shitty or you could rate it on like a Zardoz scale? Both. Um, um,
1: just to give you an yeah. idea, every scene of this movie is actors in front of a blue or green screen. There are no practical yes. sets. There are only a handful no. of props, and the scale and is stock off. Footage. It, yeah, it looks like an FMV video game from the early '90s, or if I'm not yes. sure if it's <clears throat> your generation, but wow. uh, Nickelodeon they had a game show called Nick Arcade, where sometimes the the uh, kids would go in front of like a blue screen to do like these little uh. Like events or challenges, and then they put like a an eight bit background in back of them, so it looked like they were inside a video game. That's the level of production quality here.
0: Yes, that oh and uh,
1: shots are repeated. Lines lines of dialogue are Multiple repeated times. Yeah, it's multiple um, times when we walked out of the theater. I said to Nate, it's like that scene from The Simpsons where Milhouse has left the radioactive man movie and the editor is trying to cobble together disparate scenes that don't match at all. And he goes seamless, huh? That's pretty much the (laughs) feeling of this entire hour and 40 minute film.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, it was a long one. Oh, it was a long one. It was with with all the trailers beforehand. It was exactly two hours. We were in the theater. We got in at seven got out at nine.
2: Well, for real quick, for people who might not know, can we get a just a brief, I guess, synopsis of Neil Breen, who he is? And
0: yeah, he is he he's an
1: architect by profession, and sometime in in Las Vegas. Yeah, he lives in Vegas. Uh, Apparently, in his fifties or so, he decided that he wanted to self finance movies, uh, of which this newest one is sixth. And um, he seems to be completely oblivious to his lack of talent, which is sort of the, the key for any of these sort of egotistical auteurs that come up, like a Tommy Wiseau or a John DeHart or any of those type of people. Uh, and he seems to also not embrace the cult status. Uh, I was telling him the reason the sh- movie played at 7 p.m. is because he refuses to have his movie show as midnight movies. They must have like regular primetime uh, screenings and things like that. Um, I do think with this new movie, he's starting to become self-aware. That's my theory we'll go into later, but for the most That's part... That's what I was is, curious.
0: We'll have a the, debate about that, yes.
1: Yeah, it's the complete <laughs> lack of knowledge of his n- non non-existent talent mixed with his <laughs> ego and his need to portray himself as a messianic libertarian AI God in all of his movies.
2: No, oh,
3: yeah, he's, he does have a, he does have a very, very strong Messiah complex. And for anyone who's listening who wants to experience more of brain, uh, but with Rich Evans, there's plenty of it on red letter media.
0: Yes, go to Red Letter Media, to Best of the Worst, and you'll find all of his movies have been done on there. And I can't wait for them to do this one. I'm going to be on j- <laughs> I've always said I am convinced Neil Breen is from the same planet as Tommy so, Because they're both just completely clueless as to their own inadequacies. And they just don't seem to understand how human beings communicate with one another.
3: They also have weird speech patterns. To both of them,
0: they do. Yes,
3: you know, you, you are tearing me apart, Lisa. Oh, hi, Mark. And then you got Breen going like, "What's going on?" I can fix this. <laughs> yeah,
2: but well, that's just bad acting too. So let's not forget that. <sighs> I do have,
3: I do have, I do have a question. I don't know when you're going to get to it, but I am just curious if this film. I mean, I know it's got him being the answer to everything, but did he find excuses
1: to grope women in this one?
3: Yes. Oh, wow. I thought he was getting a little old for that shit.
1: There is uh, a lengthy... It's not really groping, but it is canoodling with one of the (laughs) actresses for like time where they're just sort of like brushing cheeks and lightly kissing each other and sort of cuddling. So there's not lot of hugging and... it, but it's 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 like Neil Breen's version of like tender romance.
0: Oh god, oh lord, mm. that goes on for like five minutes, five minutes really? straight. Yeah,
1: it's toward the end, <laughs> and as I said to Nate, walking out of the movie, this movie has more endings than Lord of the Rings: Return of the King. Where it did? You think it's like, it oh my it god. It, Keeps continuing on long after any plot resolution. I'm doing quotes now. Plot resolution has been reached.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can't wait for y'all to deep dive into this. Um, This uh, just my last thing I say for y'all guys take over. This is a sequel, correct?
0: Yes. What was the the twisted pair? The last movie he did was Twisted Pair, and this is a sequel to Twisted Pair. I don't think have I have never seen Twisted Pair. I don't think it would have made this movie make any more sense. I, th- I think the only thing that so, it has in common is Neil Breen playing the same two twin brothers. God.
3: Yeah. The, the only exposure Chris and I have, unless I'm wrong, Chris, cause you've been, you've been buying some really shitty stuff lately. <laughs> uh, is uh, i think we saw it on best of the worst and that that's about it so
0: that was that was my experience up until the other night yes
2: i have seen one of his movies all the way through because amazon had it at one point it's uh, the one i cannot think of the name of it they all blend together the one where he's like gets hit over the head with a piece of artwork
0: um oh where where he's play fighting with this this woman you think he's attacking yes. and she, she hits yes. him over the head with a painting. What, yes, Wasn't
2: that Twisted Pair? I don't know. Was I, don't, it? I, I don't said, know. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you, but I've seen, uh, yeah, one, yeah. I've seen that one, I believe.
3: Okay, all right. It's been well, a long
2: time, so it might not have been that. I'll be, I'm not a good reference right now. I know I've seen one, but I can't. <laughs> he plays an author in the one I've seen because he had a bunch of books and he was going all to right, write a was, novel.
0: That might have been Faithful Findings.
2: Faithful Findings, that's it. That's the one oh, I
3: saw.
1: Okay. That's All his right, most that's popular on. one, so.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. That like it actually got it was on Amazon Prime for a little bit. So, oh
0: wow.
3: Okay, well, you two take you two take over and please and, 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 and well, let us have it.
0: I don't know where to start. Uh, I guess just start at the beginning. It w- it was a laugh riot right from the rare, very beginning. The production company credit had us laughing. It was this overwrought image of a sun rising. It looks like a scene out of two thousand one. And then Neil Brain Film Productions comes up, and everybody just starts laughing. <laughs>
1: and it's important to notice that uh, while these actors are in front of a green screen, all of the green screen backgrounds are stock shots from like Getty Images. Yes, and all of Shutterstock the...
0: has a credit in has is, is is listed in the credits for the still images. So
1: yeah, and there's, was, just about uh, to ask there's was there a
3: watermark? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no watermark though no he, he didn't not, pay for no. them that's that's where the budget went was licensing the images <laughs> yeah, and Then uh, yeah. there are like some interesting drone shots that were obviously licensed from another source mm-hmm. but that is pretty much everything there there is no sets no backgrounds no practical locations no all. stages it, nothing it's all a green screen play and because of that everything is very much a locked off static shot where actors walk back and forth throughout that image so it's it's like playing with color forms
0: yes oh my yes God.
1: holy shit what a reference <laughs>
0: <laughs> the plot and i'm i'm air quoting as hard as i can <laughs> here um and it's not going to make any sense when i explain it because it doesn't make any sense in a movie either there's these people in mass that keep kidnapping people you don't know if they're homeless mental patients drug addicts you don't know. There's just somebody will be laying on the ground and a person in a hoodie will walk up and grab them by the arm. And for some reason, they're unable to extricate themselves from this person grabbing them by the arm. And this happens multiple times throughout the film.
1: Yeah, this is Neil Breen's sound of freedom. It's, it's basically his view of <laughs> human trafficking. Uh, yeah. but instead of children, it seems to be just homeless people or just random people in, in sweatsuits out on the street.
0: Who are just lying on the street. Yeah. And then there's a bunch of people in a car trying to get out. They're like banging on the windows saying, help me. Even though the windows clearly are rolled down, they're still banging <laughs> on the windows, trying to get out. And then they're in a warehouse somewhere. And then Neil Breen comes to rescue them, which was the first real laugh riot moment of the whole film, because he gets into a, He gets jumped by these like four or five guys in masks And he goes, damn, we need to make this a fair fight. And suddenly there's a fight scene breaking out with four Neil Breen standing in a row doing kung fu with these um, people in masks. And it's like the same like three seconds of footage running over and over again just in different (laughs) different sequences.
1: Yeah, the funny thing about the fight scenes is that no two people in a fight are ever in the same place at the same time, so none of their punches or kicks are connecting. They're more like overlapping. So you yes. have Neil Breen and his multiples, and then these other actors in Bakalava, those like those hoodie uh, masks, uh, and the actors who wear the masks are also the actors who play the mental patients being kidnapped because yes. there's only like twelve people in this entire movie. I didn't uh, even think there's that many. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, but everybody there's maybe, like, a, at most a dozen people. I don't even think that many. And they play multiple characters, okay. the same actors. Like, there's an actor that plays the police chief. He's also the surgeon at the, the mad scientist surgeon at the mental hospital that we're getting to. And I swear to God, he's in one scene twice, two separate, in separate parts of the frame. Um but Neil Green, Neil Breen apparently rescues these people. We don't know. Okay, everybody, I don't know. Then,
1: so Neil Breen, for most of the movie is playing Cade, who is the the non bearded twin.
0: Yeah, and okay. so
1: so the good twin essentially. And it seems like in the world of this movie, he is an independently wealthy person who is funding a mental hospital, but this mental hospital, unbeknownst to him is funded also by an evil corporation that is kidnapping these people so that they can be harvested for some sort of gene therapy.
0: Yes. Um, okay. And we don't know why these people are in the hospital. We don't know if they're in rehab, if they've got mental issues. All we see is just a shot of a stone wall that says mental hospital. And then all the footage inside is stock footage of abandoned buildings with actors superimposed on it, lying on beds or just sitting on the floor or something.
3: So outside it's stately mental hospital and inside it's like 2014 RoboCop training montage. <sighs> yeah. yeah. It's
1: like, uh, just like there it's stock footed. It's stock shots of just like urbex, like rundown institutions or whatever. Cause so yeah. there's one shot. That's like a bunch of like ratty rundown beds, Uh, every, uh, person who's locked into their individual cell, the individual cells look exactly the same, including the placement of the mattresses on the floor. So that's just one picture that they've used multiple times, but it's, it's basically like if you just Googled like abandoned building that he just found a bunch of high res stock shots for that to just throw on the background for the actors to act within.
0: Gotcha. Act. Yeah. Air quotes again.
1: Yeah, all of the acting, including Breen, is atrocious. There's there's no one oh, stands yeah. out here either. I, th- I think he just found people at a casino and asked them if they wanted to be in a <laughs> movie for, for a cheese sandwich <laughs> or something.
0: That <laughs> <laughs> he made himself because he's listed as craft services. His name is listed in cra- as craft services for the film. Oh, Are you shitting me? I'm not really? making that up. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm making that up.
1: So funny detail about the cast of these movies. So I have a friend who lives in Vegas who does independent films, and he actually made a Neil Breen parody movie called Fatal Future. And he tried Mm -hmm. to find actors from Neil Breen movies to be in it, and none of them will talk to him, and they don't appear in any other movies. So I'm guessing Neil Breen Mm -hmm. has them sign NDAs, and that's why we've never had any interviews with actors discussing the Neil Breen experience.
2: You gotta be fucking kidding me. NDA for his stuff?
1: Yeah, I guess I he's just like well. very secretive about his process.
2: Wow. Well, at least it pays off in the final product.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Before Neil Breen goes to rescue these random people, yeah. he was on the phone with some woman who wants to know where when he's going to arrive. And afterwards, he shows up at this reception. You know, you have to have the dinner party scene in a Neil Breen film. And he gives a speech again, in front of a static shot that he's superimposed in about how he's glad to fund the hospital and we have to do our best for the patients and make sure they can achieve their goals. Again, you don't know why or anything. And he keeps saying how he hasn't had time to get down to the hospital, but he's going to do it soon. And then we see several shots of people standing in groups talking, which you will see multiple more times throughout the film. It's like the same group three or four groups of people then we go into flashback mode although there's no indication that there's a flashback going on it's like suddenly the people from th- the two doctors that you've met at the dinner party from the hospital are taking a group of patients on a field trip and the guy who is, is driving the car <laughs> is drinking a beer as he's driving <laughs> the bottle is clearly empty there's no liquid in the bottle so he's minding uh, drinking okay. a beer
1: uh, okay. And when I looked at the credits, the guy playing the driver of the van is also the cameraman of the movie. So he's
0: I saw that. Yes.
3: for
1: better or worse, the director of photography to this thing. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but he
3: wrecks according the to, car. According to Wikipedia, I have to interject this since this was brought up. According to Wikipedia, it looks like Breen was the was the dop.
0: Oh, probably. We'll, we'll get later on to the number of times his name appears in the in the end credits. <laughs> <laughs> nice, but he wrecks the car, and I guess he's killed because you never see him again. But everybody else is dumped out on the side, and they're out in the middle of nowhere, and there's no cell. There's no cell service, and then we get a, a classic Neil Breen scene that I can't wait for Red Media to talk about, Red Letter Media to talk about because he's just walking through a meadow and a fucking white tiger shows up.
3: <laughs> At as, first, as it does.
0: As <laughs> it does. Can't have a Neil Breen movie without a, a white tiger a, a tiger in it. At first it's a stock footage shot of a tiger. Then it becomes a computer generated tiger.
1: Like a PlayStation 1 computer p- oh, generated computer exactly. generated
0: white tiger. <laughs> oh <laughs> my god. It- it was the computer-generated version of a guy in a tiger suit. It looked about that convincing.
1: <laughs> and they wow. sort of, like, grapple, or they, they lightly, like, wave their hands in front of each other. Yeah. And oh, then, a,
3: Steven Se- a Steven Seagal fight.
1: <sighs> yeah, but then it, it goes on for a while... But then yeah. when other people show up, they just stop as if this was foreplay, and they're like, "Like I'll see you later, and the tiger just kind of saunters off. So it doesn't seem like they were battling, it seems like they were getting ready to mate. So it's, it's a very Jesus unusual Christ. sequence, and definitely the the, most, the biggest laugh earliest in the film.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. And then the, the, the tiger, as he said, the tiger wanders off frame, and then turns into a woman oh. in a gown. As, as it does. Yes blows him a kiss and then you don't see her again until the end of the film
2: all oh, right wow. just for some perspective how far into the film are we at this point point? Oh. 10 minutes
0: ten, ten, 10 minutes 20
2: minutes yeah
0: seriously yeah, it,
1: it's pretty early because wow. after the wow. car crash and by car crash i mean a jpeg of the car they were in is flipped over yep. Yep. with yep. digital yep. smoke coming up like at south park uh so that's your car like crash. a
0: james gwynn film <laughs> gotcha
1: and then, like a bunch of the like victims are just sitting on this stock shot of like a meadow in Scotland, and they're acting like they're hurt, I guess. But no, none of them are dirty or have any blood or anything. Uh, at one point, it's it looks like a like one of the ghost people from the movie Ghost that drag people to hell, like tries to shake someone, and they get batted away. Uh, before Neil Breen stumbles upon them and is like, "Hey, you guys can uh, go wait at my castle."
0: Yeah, and then, then they all walk in a single file line to Neil Breen's castle, or the shot of a stock footage of castle that they've been superimposed at the bottom end with the scale just way the fuck off.
1: And then it cuts to each individual person in the party going like, wow, a castle. Oh, I'm so impressed about the castle. Yes. Each single one gets their own close-up to talk about the castle as Neil Breen wow. acts as the Pied Piper into the stock shot of this castle.
3: Yes,
0: and then they but go into the casting
1: footage I don't know
0: <laughs> and then they go into where a, a different stock footage of a foyer with a giant stairway, and then they all again go into how awesome the castle is and how impressed they are with the castle
1: oh well, speaking of stairways, uh back when Neil Breen was at the party giving his speech, it is a a, a closed off shot of a staircase and so he he's apparently stepping on like blue blocks to get a little higher and it constantly cuts away from him to, like, stock footage of, like, the audience at an MLM clapping yes. and then giving him a yes. standing ovation. And it's the same, like, three shots over and over again. Yes. So it's very clearly that they are not in any way, because he looks like he's on the stairs of a, a giant mansion's living room, and then these guys are in, like, a hotel ballroom with completely different colored lighting. Yes. So anyway, that's how staircases work in this movie. And every time <laughs> Neil Brain
0: gives a speech, you see the same footage of the people in the audience applauding and giving him a standing ovation. Mm. So back at the house, he tells them he's got 30 bedrooms and they can all do whatever. But the, the, the doctors and the patients are all like, no, we should stick together. We'll just camp here on the floor. And they all lay down on the floor in front of the stairwell.
3: (laughs) Wait a minute. You already lost me. Mental pay. This is the mental hospital or is this the castle or is it the castle hospital?
1: This is the castle that the mental patients are staying in after their car accident.
3: Yes. Okay. Oh, it's mental patients in the car. See, I'm already lost.
1: And then there's also two <laughs> nurses with them. There's a brunette and a blonde. The blonde is the one he canoodles with later. And the brunette seems to maybe be the evil one. I'm not sure. The, which nurse is evil and not evil seems to switch yeah. throughout the movie. And there's, there's one part of this where it, it gets dark, and by dark I mean they tint the photo so it looks like it's night, um, <laughs> where the brunette seems to go up the stairs and seems like she's maybe going to seduce Neil Breen, uh, and then the other nurse is like, no, don't go up there, and so nothing happens.
0: And then it's the next morning, and everybody's getting—although there was some weird stuff people having, I don't know if they were having nightmares, or—it kind of goes off—well, it was never on the rails to begin with, but— it kind of gets hard, to, really hard to follow after this because <laughs> wow. they're back at the mental hospital. I guess Neil Breen has finally come to look at the mental hospital. Of course, it's just like trashed.
1: Well, you had gotten up to go to the restroom, and when that okay. happens, Neil Breen goes to the field, and he magically makes the JPEG of the car flip up, right, right side up again so that they can drive back to the hospital. Uh, okay. I'm not sure why he couldn't have that done part. that at the moment if he has the magical ability to fix a car uh, but uh, that happens so
0: oh my god but he is- finally comes to the hospital and in true neil Breen fashion he just walks through rooms and knocks things on the floor he just turns things over like oxygen tanks and chairs and stuff like that and he finally he confronts the doctor and said this is not what i'm paying for you need to do i mean and it really gets, it really kind of goes off the rails after that. Well, not that it was ever won, but it's like...
1: Yeah, so at some point the film reveals that the dark figure who occasionally attacks these people in their dreams is the other twin, Kale, with the yes. same fake beard from Twisted Pear. Because okay. he's apparently <laughs> injecting the gene stuff being extracted from the mental patients into himself, reasons, because it seems to be hurting him, not helping him. And whether he is in league with the evil corporation and the evil doctors or not is never explained, so I don't know. Um And then there's there's a room with an evil doctor who keeps performing uh, experiments, and there's one dude who keeps walking in there, and the doctor keeps chastising him for being in the office. That happens about six times throughout the movie at, at different intervals. Yeah, oh, oh my god. god. Yes. It's like, what are you doing here? Get out. And that happens. And the the chair is obviously some sort of box that they've set up with a blue screen on it. So people are laying on it, but the way they're laying doesn't match the photo of the hospital chair. So no. they often, like, their stomach gets squished so their legs don't look as big as their body to sort of cherry-rig them onto the chair. Um, so that that tends to be pretty oh hilarious.
0: <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. And then it, I don't, I remember looking at Asking David at one point if we thought he was trying to make a horror film because you keep like going to these close ups of the face of these people that are in the hospital and they're talking about how they don't want to go in that room again, they're scared of the needles, they don't want to, and they'll have blood all over their faces. And there's like this same loop, five second loop of somebody screaming, you hear that a lot, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't I don't know if he was trying to make a horror film or if this was supposed to be an indictment on the healthcare industry. Maybe it was both. I don't know. Was...
3: I don't know but I already know the joke Mike is going to make about your statement, if that ever comes up on RLM. He's going to say, and I quote, every Neil Breen film is a horror film. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> and in his own, its own way, he's right. <laughs> wow. But then... I don't know. Where do we go from here, David? It just it's really it got really hard to follow at at one point.
1: And it, it's extremely repetitive is also yeah. the movie. It's like the same people get kidnapped off the street and they just use a different stock photo of the street to make it seem like it's a different event as if they've been like kicked out of the hospital and brought back in. Uh, there's different scenes of patients running away through the same field and them getting captured by either the evil twin or some sort of ghostly figure. Then there's, it cuts away to uh, the same boardroom that no one can sit down at because the chairs are just part of the background. <laughs> and just <laughs> evil corporate people going like, yes, it's all working perfectly. Mu-ha-ha-ha. Uh And occasionally there's a, a really bad, uh, just like plug-in explosion effect that's put into some places uh, to when things blow up. And it's it's a lot of that, just yeah. over okay. and over again. Yeah. Um, and in the boardroom
0: is where we have the other Neil Breen fixture, where you have people who are doing bad things admitting to each other that they're doing bad things. You know, like we've been trafficking oh, okay. the, the, the medical yeah. the, these people for medical experiments. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Did he walk in like that? Other film? like you know, isn't that illegal?
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> no, he didn't. It's not this time, but. There were three cops that you would see periodically, and, I, and one of them, I think, was the worst actor in the whole film, the Hispanic-looking guy. He was just like... He was horrible. But these two of the cops also play bad guys. Like, the sheriff, the, the, the main cops also... The, the doctor that David was talking about that's always doing experiments on the person and yelling at the one guy. And the other guy, the other oh. cop
1: pretty sure the gray-haired cop is still supposed to be one of the evil executives Maybe, so I, don't, I, I, I think he's playing the same character in those but the I, other I cop with so. the glasses is definitely not the same guy as the as the evil doctor they're definitely yeah. meant to be two separate
0: characters there yeah but it's the <laughs> same it's the same actor and or there's could, no they, oh wow
2: that's what i was going to ask did they do anything to differentiate it no. like makeup wise or no no. anything
0: to like you think okay well you know this is just a different character completely like you've got these cops talking about how they know something bad's going on and they need to stop it and then you've got the same guy talking to somebody off screen that i don't know if you ever see talking about how they're gonna be they're trafficking. there's kidnapping these people and trafficking them for these gene editing experiments and you can do with the patients what you want i'm only in it for the money and as far as you know it's the same guy as the cop but
1: well, the, I, the good cops, I, it's pretty funny because they'll have like a file and be like, 40 more people got trafficked today. It's like, well, how do you know? How do you know that exact number <laughs> if you can't yeah. find them? Like, are you just telling me, <laughs> exactly. like, oh, these people are missing? They were definitely trafficked. It's, it's,
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. But then Neil Breen starts training the the patients to be his warriors in the fight for truth and justice. Oh fuck! Yes.
1: So it's very Nightmare on Elm Street Three: Dream Warriors, where he's training the mental patients to fight back against the forces of evil. Oh my yes. god! Yes,
0: <laughs> yes, and he was like, "There's, it's, it's literally the same four, or five actors that you see playing the mental patients, and they're all, you know, they're the mental patients because they're all wearing gray sweaters."
3: Thank you, David, for the 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 sound profile now of. Neil Breen's voice coming out of Freddy Krueger. What well, <laughs> to crime time, bitch.
0: <laughs> but there's like a, a, a long scene that goes on for like 10 minutes of him training each of the three, each of the three or four actors. And like a he's lot. like talking to them, telling them, yes, keep practicing. You're doing great. And then there's them doing like bad kung fu moves
1: just the lamest shadow boxing ever yes it's, it's,
0: yes uh...
2: <laughs> oh my
0: worse yeah. than
3: worse than human tornado yes
2: <laughs> oh my god
3: yeah yeah
2: <laughs> occasionally
1: there's like digital cgi silhouettes behind them and i don't know if that means like they're getting like angel power because at one point one of them gets wings uh for yeah. at least one shot uh or if that's just he's trying to say there's more people and he's just digitally putting like silhouettes behind them i, I don't know <laughs> wow
0: i, I don't and I don't, you know by this point whatever plot there was had gone was gone it was just you were just along for the ride and, uh, and then, oh, we can't forget the dance number.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they, because at, I, dance I, number. There's a dance point, number. Yeah, all of the patients just sort of line up and they do like a little like shimmy shuffle dance. Yes. For, for some reason. I guess it's them celebrating their training. I don't know.
0: I don't know. I thought at first maybe this was just the actors goofing around in between takes and he filmed it. But no, they have... No, it was actually planned that way, because the the two doctors come in and join the mental patients playing, but the brunette is wearing a blonde wig, and the blonde is wearing a brunette wig, so they're clearly different people, but it's the same actresses, and yeah. <laughs> they all do this little routine, oh and that goes God. on for five minutes at least. Oh, wow. Yeah, just randomly. I do know. And then all the patients rebel against the bad guys there at the hospital, and a huge fight breaks out.
1: So in some cases, you have the same actor fighting themselves, just yes. one of them they have a mask on, and one of them they're just in their patient uniforms. Yes. And again, they're fighting oh, where nothing connects with each other. Yes. Except for the two nurses, they are, they are definitely in the same place at the same time. Yeah,
0: they had a little cat fight there at the very end. That was the only thing, I think, where the two, act- two actors actually touched one another.
1: And then Neil Breen's line of, We're, we need to make this a fair fight, exactly the same happens, except this time the, the outside of the hospital is projected behind them instead of the warehouse. Yes. Uh, and so then he's multiple fighting with the multiple other people. And it's it the looks
0: same scene from the beginning of the movie. It's the same Just with setup.
1: more plugins behind them. So it's, wow. it's 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 like different layers in Photoshop are just put in the same frame.
0: Yes, all of the the people doing the bad kung fu from the training montage, all that stuff is back, and this time they're fighting with other people. And (laughs) as as David said, one of them just randomly has wings for some reason.
1: Yeah, And then it, it will cut to black for like two seconds, and when it cuts back, everyone else is lying on the floor dead except for Neil Breen, but then they all dissolve so they're gone. And then you hear a police siren, and then... A red and blue light just kind of flash on the stock image to indicate that police cars are coming, and then it cuts to a stock shot of like police cars driving at dusk on like an Atlanta highway. So that I you think that was
0: CGI actually. I, th- I, 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 I thought it was CGI, it was CGI cop cars, but it could have been, I don't know. It was think so it's, hard to tell. I think
1: it's CGI stock shot. I think maybe it was made for yeah. like a Steam video game, like an indie Steam video game that he licensed.
0: You might be right, yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Wow. And then wow. the cops show up, and Neil Breen's like, it, you, We don't need you here. And the cops are like, Okay, thanks. <laughs> and that's, that's the end of that. And
0: he's holding the wings that the one girl was wearing earlier. And the cop was like, What's that in your hand? And he goes, Wings. And they go, And they leave. And then the okay. wings disappear. And yeah.
1: And uh, evil Neil Breen shows up, and his face has some like red spot on it. And so really they bad have a
0: f- makeup. Really bad makeup.
1: So they have a fight where their eye lines never match. Um, and nope. and evil Neil Breen tells good Neil Breen to kill him about 700 times. While good Neil Breen stands with a magically appearing sword and waits a while before cutting him down off screen.
0: And that's the first ending.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. That's the you first ending. son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and then it goes on for 10, 15 more minutes. Of Neil Breen and the Blonde Doctor.
1: And and then it'll it'll cut to the, the white tiger lady in human form yeah. and the other. The white tiger lady
0: comes back, yes.
1: All happy, I guess.
0: Yeah. And yeah. It, that
1: goes on for several more times.
0: Yeah. Uh, and the then the blonde doctor is in love with Neil Breen, apparently, but he's going to be leaving because he can't stay. He doesn't explain why. And then the two of them go off together. And all during uh-huh. all this, they'll, they'll stop and hug and kind of kiss and.
1: And then you know. walk to another still and do it again. Yes. yes. And then Neil Breen repeats his, his famous stolen line from E.T. about I'll be right here because he has to poochie his way back to his home planet. Because uh, I believe in the last movie, he's uh, an AI created by alien life forms. I think that was the backstory of the character. Yeah,
0: something like that. And his evil Neil Breen had been talking about how his AI implants were failing. But they weren't in good Neil Breen, and that's why he needed the gene editing stuff. I don't know. And then his face got all some bad makeup put on it, and then he begs. Neil. I don't know. Oh, you got a little
2: him? Blade Runner y there with the. I. Mm, him
0: injecting
1: destroy. the the gene editing stuff is not in like a normal <sighs> syringe. It's in a plastic syringe that you'd like put a shot in to like squirt in someone's yeah. mouth.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like this huge syringe. It's like an inch inch in diameter. Nice. It doesn't have a needle on it; just a little like tube at the end. And you, you see the the doctor doing the experiments is using the same one. And he's like, yeah. he'll stick it up on somebody's neck, and he'll act like he's doing something, it, but nothing's in there.
1: It's like a shot for a bachelorette party. It's not like a real syringe. Yeah, uh, yeah,
0: okay. yeah. There's one point where Evil Neil Breen is in. A, ruined hallway of a building or something and he pulls out the syringe and he pulls out a little blood vial and he holds them next to one another doesn't put the, the the tip of the thing up to the blood vial he holds them next to one another and then he then he starts pulling the plunger back like he's he's taking something out of
1: <laughs> wow
0: that sounds yeah. like a, just a fucking clusterfuck right there one thing we forgot to mention was the courtroom
1: Oh, yeah, uh, the courtroom that is apparently also a legislature. Um, yeah, yeah. for some
0: reason, he's give, he has to give us – two or three times he has to go to banquets and give a speech. Well, for some reason, this 1-1, one, one, he is superimposed behind a, the bench in a courtroom, behind the judge's bench in a courtroom, and that's where he gives a speech from. Wow.
1: Like a speech about helping the patients or something like that. Yeah. And then – Everyone in the audience of the courtroom, including the the evil people, like applaud him for doing this.
0: Um, yeah. The same people that have been in the audience for like every other banquet that he's been to.
1: Not the stock footage audience from like the MLM, no, no. but like the other people who were like met him at the reception of the party initially. At yes, the that are
0: superimposed <laughs> on the screen. Yes. The same oh, wow. people. Yeah. Oh my God. Wow. And that was how it ended. I think that was the ending. Well, it well no, it the, ended the court happens about uh, halfway that, that through the film
1: before the fight. Uh, yeah, that's like at the yeah, hour yeah, mark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just I
0: wanted to bring that up because it was just so random out of nowhere. There he is behind the judge in a court behind the judge's bench in a courtroom making a speech. So
2: yeah,
1: or the bad guys just blowing up in the conference room later with that plug-in uh, explosion yeah. <laughs> effect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: Good lord! Yeah, and um. Yeah, it ended with him and the woman walking off into a meadow, I think. That was how it ended, and then the credits uh, started rolling.
1: Uh, good Neil Breen, he goes back to that, like, purple forest thing from Twisted Pair. Oh, that's so I, right, yeah. So I guess he, he, he poochied his way back to his home planet, so that's where he ends up. Okay. Um, and he has the, like, I'll be right here. Uh, and then evil Neil Breen is in space heaven with him for one shot.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, which I think is the same shot of the two of them emerging in Twisted, beginning of Twisted Pair.
1: Oh, and there's a lot of shots back and forth of the patients going like, we'll always remember you, we'll never forget you, and Neil Breen going like, I'll always remember you, I'll never forget you, and that goes back and forth for some time.
0: Yes. Uh, <laughs> that was ending number 15, I think. Yeah. I, don't know, I lost track at that point. But, but then wow. the credits started rolling, and his slowly. name... <laughs> very slowly, so you can make sure you see Neil Breen's name in them, because his name must have appeared at least a dozen times in the credits. He had per, write, written, produced, and directed by Neil Breen, executive produced by Neil Breen. I don't know why you need an executive producer if you are the same as the producer. He's listed twice in the credits, for, in the acting credits, once for each of his characters. And then it, there was like 10 or 12 various technical roles
1: yeah. editing, catering, production design, yes. props, uh, yeah,
0: legal services. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Literally craft services. He literally credited himself with craft services. That cracks service. me up there. That cracks me oh, up. Oh, that there. that yeah, I I lost it. I absolutely lost it then. And that was it. So
3: So that makes me wonder if if they use so much more stock crap if his next film is just going to be every character, but the women is going to be Neil Breen. (laughs) If he can copy and paste himself all over the place, that's just more Breen to love. So I think I'm curious if his ego would start to say, you know, Hey, you know, this made about 20 bucks. Let's make another one.
2: Uh, But
3: I'll be the actor for everything.
2: Get him in, get, get some AI in his hand, man. He could, Oh God, he could definitely do something with that.
3: (laughs) All I can think of is if you put Neil and ChatGPT GPT in the same room, only one would come out alive,
2: and it <laughs>
0: wouldn't be Chat GPT. So, I know you all have questions.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so, was
3: this an audience participation, or was it just you two in the audience? It was no,
1: almost it, full. Um, so almost, this was really this was yeah. the second screening this week. There was a screening on Tuesday night, which was sold out. And this was the Thursday screening that they added. So all of the Alamo Draft Houses across the country did Tuesday and Thursday. So aside from a few empty seats at the ends of the first row, the rest of the theater was big. And this was this is the third biggest auditorium of that Alamo.
0: Yeah. And um, everybody seemed like they enjoyed it because there were everybody was laughing through the whole thing.
1: Yeah, there was applause at the end because, you know, of course. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Especially when it fades from one Neil Breen credit to bring up the second Neil Breen credit, that just the, it enhances more uh, applause. <laughs> <So>.
2: oh, Jesus. <laughs>
1: oh, my God. What's funny is, so after he made the last movie, Twisted Pair, for a while, he was coming out and saying like he's not going to make another movie until he can get like an actual like investor, or actual studio behind him. And he clearly reneged yeah. on that to make this because um, oh, yeah. he, he, the only thing he's made between movie five and this one was this like five and a half hour m- how he makes movies documentary thing that he sold for like three hundred bucks on his website, uh, which which Rachel Meteor has also covered. Yes, um, yes. So it, it looks like he just kind of gave up on finding someone else who would fund his stuff and just did another movie that. I assume this couldn't have cost more than three grand just to license the stuff and pay the actors.
0: <laughs> Probably not. Oh it, it was definitely, definitely his laziest movie because there's no sets, there's no direction. It's just mm. green screen, and I don't yeah. But that's I guess crazy. it's time to discuss the elephant in the room. Is he self-aware at this point? Yeah, that's what I want to know.
1: So I think he is simply because he ha- he does know how to make a movie better than this, slightly, with like actual locations and a camera that moves and isn't just a static shot. <laughs> he repeats lines from previous movies like the I'll Be Right Here that have been specifically memed before. So it seems like my think is that after his last movie, he tried to get people to invest in his next one, and they said no. And so he's like, all right you fuckers then fine I'll give you your meme factory now so i it cuz it does feel like even he is not stupid enough to make this movie completely oblivious like the him splitting himself into a bunch of different people type thing and using reusing a footage which he usually doesn't do as often uh it but seems he does like
0: throughout even, this film throughout yeah, this just film.
1: maximalized. Mm. and how repetitive it is, like th- he probably wrote this in an afternoon, filmed it in like four days with the smallest cast and crew he's ever had. It just seems like this this felt like his least effort ever expended like even the last movie still shot on like a community college campus this was just in his back back room in vegas this was nothing so i i oh, can't man. imagine that he put any effort into it which makes me think that he now knows that he can just do the bare minimum and people will pay to laugh at him
0: i'm not so sure if he's self-aware or not i definitely agree with you that he put as li- the little effort as he could into this film and made it as cheaply as possible but I just his ego is just so gargantuan. I'm just not sure if he has the capacity to get the joke of this, <laughs> to admit to himself that he's not a great filmmaker. But I don't know. I mean, that's not a mind I want to delve too deeply into because I mean, he could have just, just gotten
2: lazy. He could have just gotten lazy. Is older. I and don't. I'm sure it's a giant pain in the ass to make a movie even on that little bit of budget.
1: This is also the least uh, message-driven of his movies, where it's basically just uh, he's saving mental patients or whatever, and there's an evil corporation. There's no, like, random Thanos, like, murder plot that he has. Yeah, he doesn't kill,
0: like, five million people with a wave of his hand.
1: There's no montage of pol- politicians killing themselves. It's it's oddly enough the least political movie he's made as well, which makes me think he he didn't care enough. And maybe it's just like if my message isn't getting through because they're just laughing at me, then I'll just give them the the meme beat, the the just the meme bait. It, it doesn't seem like he's trying to deliver anything with this.
2: Give the people what they want. Mm. I
0: guess. I, I don't. don't
2: know.
1: I have an I have an alternate theory. What if? What if?
3: He's still leaning into his ego, but he started writing it and then the writer's strike happened. So we thought he should quit. (laughs) And then he started, Well, like, fuck it. I'll shoot it. And then he started shooting it and the actor's strike happened. So we had to just do all this, as you say, JPEG and Photoshop stuff.
1: Uh, The film was completely finished before the writer's strike.
2: Yeah. I think so. He can't be part of SAG anyway, right? He's just a guy. I I,
1: I, I just, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, he.
3: He feels like he is a writer at the level of the. Writer's oh, field. I see. I see.
2: You know, like I'm,
3: a, I'm a stop writing in, in solidarity with my brothers.
1: The film was finished. Um, I want to say like in early this year, like February, or March, so months before the strike, because it 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 screened at a couple film festivals, and
3: then uh, he was. Yeah,
0: I noticed it had a 2022 release copyright date on it. So
1: yeah. Oh uh, uh, well. There goes a good joke. <laughs> there was uh, there was a funny article I had read about um, when he was presenting it to theaters to show because I think what he's doing with this movie is something called four walling where basically you basically rent out a theater to show your movie and Mm -hmm. you pay the theater like a flat fee for that and then you take in 100% of the box office so I think that's what he's doing here but um, there was someone from Alamo distribution who did an interview and they were like oh so what made you decide to screen the movie did you see it and he was like no Neil Neil refused to show us before he's like if you've seen my other movies then you know what you're getting here either book it or not <laughs> uh, so
2: oh wow okay <laughs> good grief oh yeah this
1: is the widest distribution one of his movies has had because i know twisted pear got some alamo screenings as well but most of his other stuff has only been sporadic screenings here and there at festivals or when he four walls it this was like oh. sync uh synchronized between all of the alamos this week and then it's still showing at some other indie theaters throughout the next like month or two
0: Jeez. okay yeah it was an experience oh wow yeah
2: that's kind of disappointing that he might be that self-aware now that he's just whatever because that me that's the beauty of a great bad film is the you know that the the writer director actor is totally oblivious to everything yeah, And yeah. if you start seeing that, then it just kind of, it loses it. It just, you're just, you're making sharknadoes after that. You know what I mean? So. Well,
3: I yeah, mean, it, that's, that's kind of why I was, was asking, you know, could you rate it on a, on a X percent of Zardoz type scale? <laughs> you know, is it, is it, is it just uh, Sean Connery in robes riding on a horse after a mountain spits guns at him? Or does it go full mankini where he punches a woman in the mouth?
1: When I wrote my review for Letterboxd, I gave it two stars as far as enjoyment. Obviously, it'd be like a half a star of actual quality. Uh, so it it's not a, because it's so lazy, you don't get as much ironic enjoyment out of it as some of his other movies. Plus, there is that tinge that it does feel self-aware in a way that I am here now or Fateful Findings doesn't. Uh, I guess it helps that he didn't really start getting his cult following till his third film. It was Fateful Findings that really blew up the the Breen fan base, um, <laughs> as opposed to like The Room right out of the gate, uh, John DeHart's Champagne and Bullets right out of the gate. That's why he, he was a one-and-done filmmaker. Like right. Any of these, like the Black Tank Top guys, the Miami Connections and stuff, usually sure, the first movie sure. they make blows up, and then that's the one. <laughs> at least uh, the Birdemic guy, he made a couple other kind of not not shorts and not feature films, like the novella of film before Birdemic broke up. So he still has some stuff there. And he's not yeah. self-aware at all because he keeps making Birdemic the same movie over and over again and just putting a yeah. different number at the end of it.
0: And he's working on another one. There's, there's a fourth one coming out. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? There's a there's going to be a fourth one, which I assume is going to be the same thing again with just two different bad actors. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll see. <laughs>
2: So overall, would you say if you're a fan of bad movies, is it worth your time?
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's hilarious.
1: I wouldn't go hilarious because there is a lot of boredom between the hilarious moments because there of how, is, how repetitive that is true. it is. Yes, yeah. so it's it's the laughter is very stop and start. It's not a laugh right from beginning to end like The Room or some of Breen's earlier films. Uh, so if you're a hardcore Breen fan, that absolutely. If you're just a general bad film fan. I uh, go into it with tempered expectations that it's not going to be as funny as some of the other stuff there, and there's going to be a lot of lag time between the laughs.
0: If you're not familiar with Breen, I wouldn't suggest watching this. I would suggest go to Red Letter Media and get to know Breen a little well before you tackle mm-hmm. this film.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'd sit and watch some of his early ones all the way through if I could. It's hard to find copies that aren't like ridiculously priced. I don't even know if he releases them himself anymore. He used to. He used to, but I don't know if he still does or not.
1: Supposedly, he's working on putting them on Blu-ray, because he's only ever released them as DVDs and CD jewel cases. Um, right. And there was... I, I know Fateful Findings he did put up for streaming for Amazon Prime for a while before removing mm-hmm. it, because he's very uh stingy about who has access to his materials. But I think he is going to re release most of his movies on Blu-ray. Not his first two, because apparently he doesn't like those as much. But probably starting with Fateful Findings and going from to pass through and twisted pair, those will probably get Blu-ray releases at some point.
2: Oh wow. Well the first two is the ones people really need to see. I mean the early ones, I mean, but you know, it's one of those things. You'll just have to hunt it down the best you can if you're interested.
0: If I'm oh sure it's God. on BitTorrent somewhere along with everything else. So. Yeah. I, just, I
3: was looking at the IMDb page for the movie, and out of what I'm guessing are 507 participants in reviewing the film, it's got an 8.1 out of 10.
1: Yeah, on Tuesday, when it actually was the first day of massive screening, it was very briefly the number one movie on IMDb because of all the Breen fans just rating it automatic 10s. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my
0: God. That's why I oh tend to-, to... And the people he's paying to give it good reviews. <laughs> right, <laughs> There's a little bit of both going on.
1: Look at Letterboxd instead of IMDb because IMDb is a little bit easier gamed as opposed to Letterboxd, which is a little bit more film-driven. But even the film buffs <laughs> on there have rated it a lot of 5, so it still has a pretty high rating on there as well. <laughs> (laughs)
2: Wow! Well, it sounds like it was an adventure, and oh, it was,
0: it was, Mm -hmm. it was. Thankfully,
1: I have the Alamo subscription service, so I didn't technically pay more than the two-dollar processing fee. Because paying full (laughs) price for this movie seems uh, kind of wrong.
2: (laughs) 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 This is like watching
1: Night Trap on the big screen, or one of those uh, (laughs) video games from the late '80s, early '90s.
0: Oh, my gosh. Well, well, that was our adventure with Breen. Um, anything else we want to add or any other questions?
2: No, I'm, I am quite satisfied. <laughs> I'd like to see it. I mean, you know, eventually maybe one day I will. It's just hard to hunt down some of this stuff. Um, what's the name of that one company? Well, he probably wouldn't go through a distributor. What's the one? Vinegar Syndrome. Oh, it would be nice if yeah. they got a hold of his stuff.
1: Well, Vinegar Syndrome only releases movies shot on film. so it would oh, have be a oh, okay, adventure. so
2: they don't do the home video stuff like that. now
1: they that. don't do shot on video or digital. There's, there's oh, a bunch okay. of other labels that do stuff like that, like Severin put out the Birdemic movies and Terror Vision and some of the other boutique labels I collect, but Vinegar Syndrome is strictly 35, film. 16. Yeah.
2: Gotcha. Okay.
0: Didn't know that. Interesting. Me either. All right, well, I guess that'll about wrap it up. David, thanks for being on the show again, and thanks for going with me to the movie, because I certainly wouldn't have been able to talk my wife into going with me. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have anything you want to plug or anything coming up? or?
1: Uh, not much. I'll probably, ev- eventually I'm going to make a video about my negative experience at GalaxyCon Raleigh, but I'm not sure when I'll get around to that. Oh boy. Okay. Uh, but a week from today, I turned 40, so I actually will be part of the midlife crisis at that point. Oh, so, All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Happy, yeah,
2: birthday. Congratulations. Happy birthday early.
0: Happy birthday early. All nice. right, well. Um, I guess that's about it. So uh go check us out on our website, mlctaskforce.com. dot com. We're on Twitter at MLC underscore taskforce. We're on geek the geekdom.social mastodon instance at MLC Task Force, and we have a Facebook group, so please let us know uh what how you liked the show and uh, give us any suggestions for any movies maybe we could watch or any kind of feedback at all would be appreciated. So yeah, please, please leave something. Let us know that you're listening. Yes. Yes. And once again, thanks David for being on the show and we'll definitely have you on again in the future. So. All right. right. Thank you guys. Everybody have a good one. We'll talk at you soon.
2: Bye.
1: Bye.